What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud with you here, and we're in chapter 10 of Hebrews. We've been going through the whole book, but we've been in chapter 10 for quite a few days now. I think this is five or six days when it's all said and done. Um, and so I'm picking up here. This is uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, and I'm going to be reading through 35. But really quickly before I do that, I want to kind of springboard off a little bit of uh, the, t- the text that Brad had with you all yesterday. And so we're in this section of Hebrews. We've had these long theological arguments of how Jesus is greater than and so, and then, then we start to get into these exhortations, these real practical kind of action step type scriptures. And so in verse 24, this is kind of what Brad left off yesterday. We see this, you know, let, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Don't neglect meeting together as the habit of some, but encourage one another. All the more you should say the day drawing near. And so there's these exhortations. Well, we see another pivot here today in the very next verse, which I'm picking up with. But again, we want to try to read all these before commenting on it. So I'm going to be reading Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, uh, through the whole thing. I'm going to go through 35, but I am going to pause and we're going to read through 31 and then do a little teaching, a little commenting on it, and then close out. So I hope uh, that you're following along in this. Maybe, especially if, you know, if you're not driving or something, it's really good to just pull out your Bible and read along with this. And so Hebrews chapter 10, this is verse 26, and I'm reading out of the ESV Bible. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, quote, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. End quote. Verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I am going to pause right there. We're going to continue reading here in a second. But when we get to these little, this pivot here, we see, well, yesterday it's like, hey, church, consider to stir one another up. Don't stop going to church. Love one another. Encourage one another. And it's like judgment and fury and fire and all this, you know, we kind of switch gears here. And so it's like, Again, this, this is another warning passage in the book of Hebrews, and we've talked about that before. And we've had a couple sermons on this. Nick did a great job talking about, hey, you know, what to do with these warning passages. Well, if you're truly in Christ, you're a believer, you can't lose your salvation. You know, Jesus always gets what he paid for. And so you're secured if you're, if you're truly in Christ. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, and you, you cannot lose your salvation. So we've, we've done that. We've seen that before. But at the same time, you know, there's, the, there's, there's seeing this in the text and and looking at the warning passages and saying, oh, well, that that doesn't mean this. You know, you're not going to lose your salvation. And so we spend a lot of time telling people, you know, and, and reassuring ourselves like, hey, yeah, for sure. Here's this hard text here in verse 26, you know, through 31. Here's what it doesn't mean. So, so you're going to be okay. You know, Christian, take heart. Here's what this text doesn't mean. But 
if we're not careful, we can miss out on what the text does mean. And there's some real sobering things that are very difficult in this text. And so I want to kind of chew on that a little bit. And it's, you know, maybe you grew up in a church where it's all, you know, the hellfire brimstone and that preacher was a sweating and a yelling and I just don't like none of that. So maybe you grew up with that. And for that, you know, people have emphasized one of these truths to the exclusion of the other throughout the course of history. But we want to do this in balance. And so this is scripture talking. This isn't some sweaty guy, you know, yelling at you. This is God himself speaking. You know, we see in verse 30, quote, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. The Lord will judge his people. And so, again, we need to, to, I think in this day and age, we may have moved away from that fire and brimstone, maybe a little too much. And so, again, we need to hold both of those truths. And to, to really grapple with what God is trying to tell us here in his word. And so, again, we read this and it's like this, it's almost like a change. And it's like, oh, okay, he's not talking to me. Because in the past verse, you know, verse 24, yesterday, we it's like, you know, encourage one another. So he's talking to the this assembly, this community of uh, people who are under the banner of the Christian faith. Which, if you've been in church in any amount of time, you know there are people that attend on Sunday mornings, they go to the events and stuff like that. It's not guaranteed that every person uh, that is addressed in that crowd is, in fact, a true born-again believer. And so, I think that's helpful where when we see verses like this, that the author of Hebrews here is talking to the assembly. He's talking to this congregation that is composed of believers and people that we're not sure. You can never be sure because we, we're not God. And so, again, a huge application for this is like, look, okay, this is obviously talking here uh, in verse 26. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment. That's not talking about a Christian who sins deliberately so much that Jesus is just like, you know what, my sacrifice You've depleted it. You know, it's kind of running. It's not talking about that. And we've spent so much time saying, look, you can't lose your salvation. What it is saying is there's someone in this congregation who shows that they are not going to be, you know, truly saved because they continue to sin deliberately after receiving a knowledge of the truth. So they've heard the gospel. They continue to sin deliberately and they there's no willingness to repent. The no willingness and the deliberate nature of it shows that, hey, there's no, you've heard this gospel. And so when you reject that, yeah, there's no longer, quote, there's no longer remain, remains a sacrifice for your sins because you've rejected that. And so it, it's even harder for someone who's in that congregation who's what we call an apostate, which is a fancy word for someone who turns away. And so, you know, earlier parts of Hebrews, it has talked to Christians where it's like, hey, don't drift. You know, Christians will sin and we need to be careful of sin in our life or we'll be disciplined by, by God. But, you know, an apostate is something, something else entirely. That's someone who has been hanging out in the Christian community, has heard the gospel. They've taken the advantages of being in, in God's people, even hearing, you know, the, the truth of the word, even here and, and receiving blessings of the Holy Spirit. They can see the spirit move in their lives if they're around a bunch of other Christians and they see giftings and, you know, people can again be blessed that way, yet they're not truly born again. And I know that's kind of hard to grapple with sometimes. And so that's who this text is talking about. Now, by that same token, and sometimes this is debated, this also, and I will say this is my opinion and some other scholars that believe this as well, this also applies to the Christian. 
And I'm like, wait, 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 are you contradicting yourself and saying that, well, you just said we can't lose our salvation, but how is this verse that says there no longer remains a sacrifice and there's fearful expectation of judgment and your fury of fire. And like, that doesn't apply to Christians. And I've heard a compelling reason. And, you know, I've heard this in seminary and several professors believe this and great commentaries and stuff. So, you know, do your own research. But I, I have heard a very compelling reason that this verse obviously is talking about an apostate, someone who is not actually a Christian. It proves that through their unrepentance and they just turn away. But why is this being told to an audience that is also Christians? These are converted Jews. And so the author of Hebrews here is speaking to an audience that also has true Christians in it, us. You know, if you're a Christian this morning, you you don't just skip over verse 26 through 30 and say, oh yeah, you know, that, that, that doesn't apply to me, you know, whatever. I'll just skip on. No, I mean, it's in here for a reason. And I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this. Frequently, what scholars and this this line of um, this argument that how they explain these warning passages in Hebrews, they explain it as that, okay, these are in here and it does apply to Christians, but it does in the sense that they're, quote, means, the warning serve as, quote, means of us appropriating our salvation. We don't earn our salvation. We don't work for our salvation. It's a gift. It's grace. If it's earned, it's not grace. If it's grace, it's not earned. But we apply it. We appropriate it in a way. We prove that we are saved through our repentance. And the warnings, this fear of wrath and, 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 ju- and judgment is a means of doing that. We need to hear these warnings, even as a Christian, and be afraid It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It says that in verse 31. I think that applies to the Christian as well. And I was trying to think about how to illustrate this. And I I just think back to times, especially in high school, different youth group activities, things like that. Have you ever been, say you're in a classroom and, and it's just chaos and everything's going crazy and all the kids are jumping up and there's bad kids and they're fighting each other. And you know, it's just a ruckus. And, and all of a sudden the teacher out of nowhere yells. And I remember this happened one time in high school and we all just like, we shrunk in our seats and we, you know, had that, you know, deer in the headlights look and the teacher, and I'm not going to do it on the microphone here, but he's like, you know, yelling. And we're all like, Ooh, we're all scared. And there was a handful of kids. He's like, you and you and you out of my room, out of my room and go to the office. And he was like really angry. But all the kids in the classroom were like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like, we're all curled up and like our heads tucked in like a frightened turtle and our eyes. And like, is he talking to me? Is he talking about me? And then, you know, eventually the teacher got calmed down a little bit and everybody like all the, the bad seeds he kicked out of the classroom. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, not, not you guys, you guys are doing a good job if, you know, but we are under that warning. In other words, like these bad students, they needed to pay attention and they got the wrath of the teacher, so to speak. But we were participants of witnessing that wrath and that frightened us. And that was a good thing. That's like, you know, the other side of encouragement is a warning and a good kick in the rear is, uh, it shows us that, look, There's nothing amazing about grace. We sing amazing grace. There's nothing amazing about grace if there's nothing frightening about God's holiness. And so over and over, we've seen in Hebrews, like Jesus is greater than, Jesus is greater than for this reason and that reason and this reason and that reason. Therefore, you know, come to the throne confidently and boldly because we have this advocate. And it's like, wow, how powerful is that when we see that here's this fearful God that says, 
verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Yet, if you're a Christian, you can approach him confidently and boldly because he is grace and he is love. And it, that there's nothing amazing about grace unless there's something fearful about holiness. And we get to witness this. And the author of Hebrews is warning us, no, you can't lose your salvation. But we get to see that. And I hope I hope that explains it a little bit. And if you have questions, maybe maybe you have a different view, that's fine. Shoot me an email, andrew.cloud at newvisionlife.com. I hope if you, maybe you haven't heard that before. Maybe you have a different take on it. Maybe... Just talking about it is a great way to engage with God's word and study for yourself. And so I get excited about that. Um, And then let's continue on. Okay, so I, I think I've hammered that point enough. Verse 32, the author continues, quote, But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those who were so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Okay, so we, again, it's like, encourage each other. Now there's a warning. And then verse 32, it's like, hey, recall, look back, look back. And verse 35, do not throw away your confidence. And so again, we see to the flip side of the warnings is an encouragement. And here, the author of Hebrews, is, he's talking again to the same audience composed of Christians and non-Christians. And that's a, a, an opportunity to take stock. He's like, I've warned you to continue on in your faith because it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. So therefore, take that warning to heart And with soberness, walk out your salvation, work out your salvation, not work for, but work out your salvation, because look what happened in your past. And he tells us, how do you keep walking in in a life of faith and godliness? Well, you do it by looking back and you also do it by looking forward. But here in verse 32, we see him talking about looking back. Remember your former days when you were enlightened. So remember when you first became a Christian, do you remember how excited you were? I do. I remember that was like something inside of me was jumping for joy. I remember those days, you know, so we, we look back to that. Look at, look at how you endured hard struggle with sufferings. Look back at times in your life where you really put through the ringer and then God came through. Remember those times. Look back with, with other people in your life who were treated that way. Verse 33, verse 34, you had compassion. Where have you seen people in your lives that you've had compassion towards? Where have you seen fruit? Here, a joyful acceptance of the plundering of your property. Where is your hope? Are you looking forward to, hey, this earth isn't all there is, and that one day when death basically plunders and steals everything that I physically have, that I'll get to be home and I'll get to be in heaven and, and with joy, you know, a better position, an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. And so tomorrow, Nikki's going to spend some time with you guys looking at the the next part of this scripture where it's talking about really looking forward. How do we walk out a life of faith and godliness where we're looking forward? But today, I hope we've seen, hey, we need to be warned. You know, that's a legitimate part of it. But we also need to to look back and to see what God has done in our lives. And that, that whole picture, looking at the encouragement as well as the warnings and looking back, you know, recalling our former days, really helps us walk in a life of faith and godliness as we work out our salvation and and honor and worship Jesus, who is so much greater than. And so I hope this has encouraged you to stick along reading the scripture for yourself. If you have any questions, shoot me an email, andrew.cloud at newvisionlife.com. You all have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. 
Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.